What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What we need is more common sense. More common sense. You've got to use plain old common sense. Breaking down the world's nonsense. About how American common sense will see us through. With the common sense of Houston. I'm just pro-common sense. For Houston, from Houston. Where you talking about common sense? This is the Jimmy Barrett Show. Brought to you by ViewIn.com. Now, here's Jimmy Barrett. Oh, yeah, we made it to Friday. Good to be here with you today. Um, I want to I talk about leadership to, to open up the show today because uh, in politics, it seems like it's, it's pretty random these days that you actually have some sort of active leadership. So when I see it, I feel kind of compelled to point it out because it, it, you know, I'm not used to seeing it anymore. I certainly don't see it out of the White House. I don't see it out of a lot of governor's mansions across the country. I think our governor shows leadership every now and again. Um, I'd like to see him show more leadership. I'd like to see him be more forceful in his presentation. But listen, I can't change who Greg Abbott is. Um, I'm I'm not even going to try. But I will say this. I do believe the people of Florida are very lucky that they have the leader they have in place right now post-Hurricane Ian because Ian has left behind some amazing damage. You know, when I was younger, um, we used to vacation all the time at Fort Myers Beach and Sanibel Island, which is ground zero for that hurricane. And and some of the the, the the video I've seen coming out of Sanibel and Fort Myers Beach is just, just devastating. I've, I never thought I would see anything like that. I've never, that, that level of destruction really does remind me of Hurricane Andrew. If you remember Homestead, Florida and Hurricane Andrew, I mean, it, it kind of makes... You know, what we went through a few years ago, it, it, it almost makes that seem small potatoes. It wasn't small potatoes. You, you know, of course, we were dealing with something. They're dealing with flooding in Florida, too. But imagine having a, a rain event as catastrophic almost as Harvey and add to that, you know, 150-mile-per-hour winds. That's kind of what they went through in Florida. And, and now South Carolina gets to deal with the and again as a Cat 1 hurricane. And, you know, up and down the East Coast, they'll be dealing with the rain, although it's not going to be anything like what happened in Florida. At any rate, I was very impressed with Governor Ron DeSantis, not only for him stepping up, as I would expect him to do, and acting like a leader, but acting like a grown-up. Acting like a grown-up. You know, you have all these reporters barking questions at him, trying to bring politics into hurricane recovery, and he's refusing to go along with the program. And, and and God bless him for doing that. He's got the President of the United States snubbing him. He's got he's got the director of FEMA who is worried or, or stating that she's worried that uh, you know that that uh, that Florida's not prepared and he's listening to these insults and he's still acting like an adult. And now that the administration looks bad, and all of a sudden Biden wants to come, and the director of FEMA wants to come. You know he's getting asked about that. Now at that point, 
he could have done something that said, who needs them? We'll take care of this ourselves. You know, they don't think we're doing a good job. Watch us do a great job. But that's not what he did. Here is what he said about the president and the director of FEMA coming to Florida. I don't know if he's announced he's coming or not. I know that the FEMA administrator, she will be here tomorrow, if not today. Um, and so we'll be working. I don't know if she's planning on traveling with us on all our itinerary, but she's welcome to do that. Uh, we are going to be back down in southwest Florida, but we're also working to see other impacted areas throughout the state uh, to, to, to go and potentially visit, meet with folks and see see what they need. So, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, I view this as something that you got folks that, that are in need uh, and local, federal, state, you know, we have a responsibility to work together. Uh, I tell you, the way the, the, the locals have, have worked really hard, I mean, it's been really impressive to watch uh, because this is not an easy thing to deal with. It's also not an easy thing when you have uh, forecasts all over the map and you're not necessarily sure where it's going. Naples and Fort Myers were out of the, out of the cone 72 hours before the, before the storm actually made landfall. And as that changed, they pivoted and they put their plans in action. Uh, so it's been really good. And obviously, Kevin and his team have done a great job. I mean, having so many things pre-positioned. But uh, every request we've, we've asked uh, from, from FEMA uh, has been approved. So, so we appreciate that, and uh, we want to make sure. So you would plan on seeing him while he's in town, no matter when it is? Is he coming? I, from what I understand, he will be here tomorrow. Okay. Did you know that? Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's the case with the FEMA administrators here. Maybe, maybe, maybe. So we'll see. But I mean, at the end of the day, we want all the support that we can get because uh, we understand that there's a, there's a lot of need out there. You, you, see, you see what I'm saying? He refuses to play the political game. He knows his state needs resources, federal money, even though um, his wife is heading up charitable organizations to, to try to get contributions and I think the last I heard, there was like $13, $14 million that's already been collected for the victims of Hurricane Ian. And um, here's what I think we're, we're going to find at the end of the day. The state of Florida, on its own, with the help of 35 other states, will help itself far more than what FEMA will be able to do, and certainly far more than what the President of the United States is going to do on their behalf. And he's not going to complain about them. He's just going to put his nose down and get the job done. That's what he does. And as long as we're talking about that, this is probably be a good time. You know, um, Mattress Mac is doing a uh, what he always does in these particular cases. He's putting together a truckload of supplies to probably a couple of truckloads of supplies to, to take to Florida. Um, if you would like to make a donation, you can drop it by Gal- Gallery Furniture, the, uh, the uh, North Freeway location. They're looking for Clorox, water, sheetrock knives, shovels, heavy-duty brooms, buckets, construction trash bags, tarps, non-perishable food items, and mops. All of those things are very much needed. Also, um, if you're inclined to go to the Astros game over the weekend, you know who they're playing this weekend, right? Tampa Bay Rays. And they're going to be doing some fundraising at the ballpark as well during the three-game series. So if you're going there, you you may want to look for a way that you can help out the people of Florida. Uh, Houston Astros trying to help out. Perfect weekend to do it with the Rays in town. I mean, go ahead and beat the Rays. <laughs> but let's get some money together for the folks in Florida. All right, quick little break. Back with more in a moment. Friday, Jimmy Barrett, AM 950, KPRC. Hey, if it's all right with you, I'd like to get a little nostalgic here for a second because um, 
because this 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 in a roundabout way involves my late mom, uh, who I love very much, and uh, you know I think of so often, and and I'm thinking of her a little bit today because she has a connection to this. Um, in Detroit, you know I'm from Michigan originally. Yes, I got uh, once again for the go boo. <laughs> Listen, I should have been born in Texas. I just wasn't lucky enough to be born in Texas. I'm here now. I got here as fast as I could. Granted, I wasn't real fast, but I got here as fast as I could. Anyway, um, my mom had a job before she started having children. You know, I'm from a generation where working moms didn't exist very much. You know, your your mom usually, if you she started having kids, she was usually a stay-at-home mom. She would sacrifice whatever she was doing in the work world to raise the children. That's that generation, the greatest generation. That's that generation, and you know, I'm a product of that generation, which is where a lot of my belief system comes from. Anyway, today, oh, I should say this first, though. My, my mom worked for the Packard Motor Company. If any of you remember the, the car make Packard, um, they haven't made it for a long, long time. Hasn't been around for a long, long time. And there was this big, huge plant in Detroit, uh, the Packard Motor Company. Uh, they originally built it in 1903. They completed it in 1911. And they used it until they stopped making cars in 1958. 1958. That's a long, that's what's about 70 years ago? They stopped making cars. That plant is still there in Detroit. And it hasn't had a thing done to it in those 70 years. It's just been sitting there in the city of Detroit, deteriorating while politicians twiddled their thumbs and tried to figure out, hey, can we do something else with this? Could we tear it down? And in the end, they didn't do anything. And it just sat there. And it became a poster child for urban decay. Well, finally, they're tearing it down. Now, personally, I, it would have been great if, I don't know, 50 years ago, they decided, well, let's turn this into, this is a great old building, let's turn it into something. But they didn't. But at least they're making an eyesore go away. But along with tearing it down, they're tearing up down a piece of my history because, you know, my mom worked there as a secretary until she, she, she quit in 1954 and started having kids. So, um, you know, I, I see a story like that. It makes me think of my mom. Uh, also, I want to I run all of this past you as well before we call today and head on into the weekend. And uh, that is the way the mainstream media has been treating the hurricane. We talked about the hurricane to open the show today and, you know, ways you can help, you know, donation, uh, either going to the ballpark, to the Astros Foundation. They're going to try to help the people in, in Florida. Uh, they're playing the Tampa Bay Race this weekend. Or uh, or by uh, you know dropping off some much needed items uh, at the uh, North Freeway location of Gallery Furniture Mattress Mac, uh, but here's something you know that that really <laughs> drives me crazy. We're told by the mainstream media that Ian the hurricane is such a devastating hurricane because of climate change. Here's a little rundown from the mainstream media about the, what they've been saying about the hurricane. Decades ago, it used to be one or two a season would happen. Now with climate change and these extreme warm waters, it's almost, you know, it's happening all the time. This storm, in a way, is kind of 
bad news for the people that are still trying to deny climate change as a factor. Florida Republicans deny climate change as a monster storm barrels towards the coast. This will be a first time test uh, for how you adapt to these new stronger storms on a, on a warmer planet as a result of climate change. The threat exacerbated, of course, by climate change. Charleston, like Miami, gets water that comes up on a, on a good sunny day. That's climate change because water levels are rising. Our Earth is getting warmer, and there is just no doubt, I think, left that it is feeding these beasts. What are they talking about? We've had one hurricane. One hurricane in the Atlantic. Well, not. I guess we've had more than one. But this is the first hurricane to hit the U.S. Everything else has been out to sea for the most part. And normally we have a lot more than, than getting down to This is just the ice storm. Remember the year that we went through the entire alphabet and then started calling them alpha, beta, and gamma and all that? This has been a very mild year for hurricanes. Oh, yeah, but it's a Category 4. So, what category, they probably don't know because it was so long ago, how bad was the hurricane that, that tore up and devastated and flattened Galveston, Texas in 1900, 122 years ago? We had monster storms. But, you know, that doesn't work with the narrative, and we're working with the narrative here. Um, let me sneak this in before I run out of time. Here's Tucker Carlson. Here he is rebutting the mainstream on the cause of the hurricane. You just heard one hair hat say it used to be one or two hurricanes a season would happen. Now it's happening all the time. And you hear this all the time. And it's a way of terrifying you into handing politicians more power over your life. But the fact is, it's a lie. It's not even remotely true. I mean, it's not a close call. There has been, as a factual matter, no increase in hurricane frequency in the continental United States from 1900 to 2020. So that's 120 years. It's been recorded. We have the data. They're on your screen right now. In fact, as Michael Schellenberger has pointed out, someone who's actually looked at the numbers, the number of landfalling hurricanes has dropped slightly over the past century. Why? We're not sure, but we can probably guess it has nothing to do with climate or your SUV. We do know that in that same period, deaths of human beings from natural disasters, such as hurricanes, have dropped a lot by about 90%. And the death toll is forecast to drop even more as people respond to the changing environment. That's what people do. Government scientists at the NOAA and even the professional alarmists at the IPCC predict that hurricanes will become 25% less frequent throughout the 21st century. Oh. And that makes sense because the current Atlantic hurricane season is the slowest one in a quarter century. Huh. Funny how the facts work out that way, isn't it? Funny how the facts work out that way. But, you know, people who just watch the mainstream media or on social media, they'll get their fair share of the climate change folks who are going to try to convince them that, yep, this this is why we have to Go all electric. We got to do it right now. We got nine years to solve this, or the planet is gone. And anyway, that note, I hope you have a great weekend. I will see you Monday morning, bright and early, at 5 a.m. with Sheriff Fryer on News Radio 740 KTRH. And then we are back here at 4 on AM 950 KPRC.